there, and welcome to the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and health coach specializing in treating cholesterol without medications. You can learn more about me at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. Now, I want to give a really big shout-out to some people who left a review on iTunes for the show. Chris Estrada, Rye Jack CL, The Champion Entrepreneur, Dr. Annette, and C. Rojas82, who said, This show is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm taking notes as I listen. Thanks so much for all the reviews, and I love that you're taking notes. I also wanted to let you know that's, that's why I do the weekly show pearls. I take the notes for you so you get the most important points that are shared by the guests and you don't have to take notes while you're listening and you can go back and refer to the pearls at any time. You can get these pearls by signing up for the email list at drann.com, A-N-H as in healthy. Now we had a problem this week with the show pearls with incorrect permissions and the links have been fixed, but I just realized today, for those of you who are on the email list already, that the email you were sent still contains the bad links. And I'm so, 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 so sorry about that. You'll get the updated links in this Saturday's Pearls Roundup. And as you probably noticed by now, I am a newbie internet person, so I'm really thankful for all your support as, as you continue to listen to the show and you bear with me as I work with my team to sort out the technological kinks. Also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to those of you who are listening in California because that's the state with the number one downloads and number two is Texas. And I'll be at the Paleo FX conference in Austin next week. So if you see me there, please make sure you say hi because I'd love to meet you. Also, a big thanks to everyone who has reached out and given me feedback regarding the show's schedule. Based on your comments, I'll stick to my original plan of scaling back to once per week on Mondays starting May 4th. While I would love to do more and I love bringing people on the show, I just can't handle it right now with my crazy schedule. You know, as we get past my brother's wedding and we get into a good rhythm with my team, I hope to be able to get back to our regular three times a week schedule in the future. Before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on the show may not represent my opinions, and the show is for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend that you consult with a qualified health professional. Today, we are talking with Dr. Janae DeVica, who is a family nurse practitioner and the creator of Cafe Janae a health and wellness company that focuses on therapeutic nutrition and stress management as primary interventions for preventing and reversing chronic disease. She has an amazing story, which you'll hear about in just a bit, and she's been practicing the healing arts for over 16 years with experience as an herbalist, massage therapist, meridian tapping coach, health and wellness coach, essential oils practitioner, as well as chef extraordinaire. She has written 21 whole food recipe books, and her shows have been featured on channels ABC4, CW30, and Good Things Utah. In today's show, Janae and I talk about her amazing story of going from being completely bedridden to being healthy and vibrant, what foods contribute to health and which foods contribute to disease, the key to making healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick and are sustainable, whether it's okay to have naughty or cheap food, the five pillars of health, and much more. All right, let's go chat with Janae. So just so the audience can get to know you a little bit better, can you tell us about how you got into um, therapeutic nutrition and where you are today? 
Great, yeah. Well, um, growing up as a little kid, I was sick all the time, so I had a lot of immune disorders. I'd get tonsillitis like every three weeks. I would have food allergies, and I was just sick all the time. My mom took me to all the conventional medical doctors, and of course, we went through all the drug therapies, and those never worked. And then we went through some surgical therapies, and those didn't work. And then she went to the naturopathic doctors and the homeopathic doctors, and we started to just like you know, see what was out there and pretty much use everything just to see if we could get me feeling better. And I progressively got sicker and sicker until I was in my 20s. And by the time I was like 26 or so, um, I had a horrible immune system. I was sick all the time. My digestive system was shutting down. So I had horrible um, constipation, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, I could take like an entire bottle of laxatives and it wouldn't matter. Like I still couldn't go to the bathroom. Um, And of course, you can imagine like, you know, going a month or two without going to the bathroom, like the toxic were just building up in my body. Um, eventually, my liver and kidneys started to shut down, and I was one sick puppy. So, you know, we had kind of tried a lot of stuff, and we had gone to a naturopathic doctor, and he told me, um, you have to go on a plant-based diet. You have to go on a raw food diet where you're just eating fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds, and that's it, and, and all this has to be raw. And up until that point, I thought I was a healthy eater, but you know the vegetables that I'd been exposed to was celery and carrots and broccoli and iceberg lettuce, and that's about it. And the fruits <laughs> I'd been exposed to were apples and oranges and bananas, right? And that's it. And so when he told me you have to go on this plant-based raw food diet to heal yourself, like I just sat there with my mom and we cried our eyes out, we bawled, and we're just like, oh my gosh. I'm going to die. I'm going to die of starvation because (laughs) all I can eat is apples and bananas and oranges and carrots and celery and broccoli. Like, how does a person live on that? (laughs) And so we started experimenting around with, you know, different diets. And I tried the macrobiotic diet and the vegan diet. And the raw food diet wasn't really popular back then. Nobody even had heard of it before. Hadn't been developed. And and I just continued to get sicker and sicker despite all of our efforts. Um, So I... It finally got to the point where all my organs were shutting down and the doctors told me, you know what, you're going to die if you don't get a surgery to take out your colon and, you know, you'll you'll die. And I kept telling him no until the point where I was laying on the ground (laughs) in pain with no relief and, you know, no hope in sight. And finally I just said, you know what, just do it if it's going to change my life because I've been in bed for like five years. I couldn't work, couldn't go to school nothing. And so finally I acquiesced and I'm just like, just do it. So I got this surgery and they took out, you know, my whole large intestine, part of my small intestine. And then they told me, well, since you don't have, you know, your intestines anymore, you can't eat any fiber. So no fruits, no vegetables, no whole grains, no nothing. <laughs> you have to eat a low residue diet, which is meat and cheese and bread and dairy. And that's about it. And I had been so sick for so long that I was just like, okay, whatever I'll, I'll do, whatever I have to do. So I did it. And of course, on that diet, I developed a whole set of other problems. So I developed high blood pressure, high cholesterol. My vision started going down the tubes. I had acne. My hair was falling out. It was, oh my um, gosh. so basically I just exchanged one set of health problems for another and and I was still continuing to like research diet, um, but because I was so scared to eat fiber, I didn't know what to do. Well, 
I went to the fair and I saw this wonderful machine called a Vitamix. It was this high speed blender that had like the, the power of a lawnmower and it crushed anything down to a liquid. And, and I was like, wow, maybe if I can, because in my head I'd always been thinking, you know, I've got to, I've got to eat more fruits and vegetables. I got to eat healthier. I got to figure this out. And when I saw this demonstration, this dude at the stand was like liquefying everything in this Vitamix. I'm like, maybe that I can do that. And that's kind of where I tapped into raw foods and whole foods and juicing and green smoothies and the medicinal value of food. And right about that same time, I went to a, uh, it was a healing education program and I was out in the wilderness for like three weeks learning this certain healing modality and what I didn't know is when I got out there they they had us on a raw foods completely raw food um, whole food diet and in three weeks I would lost 30 pounds my acne went away my vision started coming back my high blood pressure high cholesterol that was gone I was sleeping better I felt better for the first time in my life I actually felt robust and healthy and vibrant and I'm like wow this is amazing and that was where I connected like what I eat is directly affected by you know how I, or how I feel is directly affected by what I eat and I can totally uh, manipulate my biology by manipulating my diet and that's where I connect the dots and so I just started doing investigating along those lines and I saw that a lot of my vegan friends even though they didn't eat meat products they still kind of pasty and pale and emaciated they didn't look healthy some of my vegetarian friends didn't look healthy some of my friends on the macrobiotic diet they hated it and didn't want to stay on it and so I tried to put all the pieces together like of all these healthy you know regenerative diets that are supposed to restore your health what parts of those work and what parts don't what brings you health and what brings you you know what makes people vibrant and healthy and what makes them not and over the years, I healed my body, and I learned the secrets to healthy eating, right? Like, <laughs> the secret meaning what works and what doesn't. What is actually going to change my biology and what doesn't? And when people saw me um, change from being totally bedridden and totally sick to being healthy and vibrant and getting my life back again, they're like, wow, what did you do? You know, and, and so that's how I started teaching classes. And... Um, so that's kind of uh, where I am today. I'm a nurse, but I'm also oh, I, I have a passion for delicious food. So you know, the question is, how can people eat a healthy diet without feeling like they're depriving themselves, like they don't have to give up everything they love? And that's where my experience as a whole food chef comes in. Is like making healing foods totally. Um, appealing and exciting for people so that transitioning to this healing foods diet is not traumatic for them so so I can you know combine my Western medical training with my love for food and it's uh, turning out to be revolutionary that's awesome and honestly you look great so whatever you're doing it works <laughs> Yay, um, thanks <laughs> so okay going back to what you were saying before right with those diets that you were trying. Now, did you, were you doing raw food before you got your intestines out or after? No, no, it was after, like, it hadn't, the big raw food boom hadn't happened until, you know, five years after, after my surgery. Okay, so when the, the naturopathic physician told you to eat vegan or eat raw foods only, you didn't listen to him, and then you, you 
Um, so then you suffered for a while until you got your intestines out and you suffered more, and then you went on the raw food diet, like you said, and you felt. And he was right the whole time, <laughs> and and it wasn't that I didn't want to listen to him. I did. I desperately wanted to listen to him, You're but there were no resources great. out there. Yeah, like I didn't know how. It's like. I want to eat right, I want to do this thing, but I don't know how, and there's no resources out there to help me. So that was kind of where I was stuck. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a challenge. Um, you were talking about, you know, how do you use whole food and, and cook it in a way that's appealing to you um, on a regular, consistent basis and not feel like you're just depriving yourself. So tell us, what is your secret? I mean, what do you do to make it work for you on a, on a sustainable uh, basis? Uh, I think that the word you said sustainable is really the key here. Um, when when I when I talk to my patients and tell them the same thing that I was told, you know, you've got to change your diet if you're going to have a healthy body. I give them the list. Here's the list of foods that contribute to health, and here's the list of foods that contribute to disease. So you you know you have to think about that every time you put something in your mouth. And a lot of times the reaction is, oh my gosh, that list of things you said is creating disease in my body is like everything in my cupboard. I can't do this. You know that's everything that I eat every day, and. So they freak out and they're just like, I can't do that also, I'm not going to do it at all. So really taking one little step at a time and we, you know, we can talk about that later, that's my 1% to wellness principle, taking it 1% at a time and just um, making sure that every change you make, you can do that for the rest of your life. That was one of the keys. And the other key was to make sure that everything's delicious and that's why I started my business Cafe Janae because... Um, People come to me all the time like, I want to do this healthy thing, but I can't eat gross food, and healthy food is gross. And so I started creating all these recipes that I would feed them to people, and they'd be like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And then I would tell them after they told me how good it was, and they're foaming at the mouth and wanting more, I was like, oh, that's that's raw food. And they wouldn't, you know, they're like, oh, my, I can't they believe, believe you. Yeah. I can't believe that's healthy for me. That's too delicious. And so that's why I started creating all these recipe books so that people could see that they can eat, you know, nutrient-dense, live, amazing, healthy, healing food, and it could still taste so amazing that they didn't miss out on the junk food that they were eating before. Okay, so, okay, you you're talking about this list of foods that are good for you and that are bad for you. Can you share some what some of those foods are? Sure. So um, what we want to do with our food is we want to have a low glycemic index diet, uh, a low inflammatory diet, so foods that don't create an inflammatory response, uh, that don't spike your insulin and your leptin, also foods that promote uh, cell regeneration and proper organ and cell function and so there's foods that, that help that and then there's foods that don't help that so the foods on these you got to stop eating these foods if you want to be healthy list um, it's all your refined carbohydrates so all the white stuff white bread white pasta white rice um, cookies cakes all that kind of stuff um, mashed potatoes you know mashed russet potatoes so all of those white things all those super super refined carbohydrates, those promote an inflammatory response. Those um, create an acidic environment in your body. They do all sorts of things that contribute to poor health. Well, what do you eat instead of those? Because that's one of the main staples of the standard American diet. So instead of those, um, we focus on 
whole grains and complex carbohydrates. So these are um, these are things like uh, brown rice, quinoa. Um, a lot of people try to go towards whole wheat and uh, wheat products, but uh, through my experience, I've found that gluten yes, is a big good. problem. Uh, yeah, gluten's a huge problem. It's an antigen, and it's also uh, an inflammatory uh, an inflammatory food. And so, and so, I find that staying away from those gluten foods, even if it's whole wheat, that people respond a lot better to that. Um, and then you know, sweet potatoes and yams, and even Yukon gold potatoes are way. Um, easier on your body and way easier on your biology than like you know instant mashed potatoes or russet potatoes so so those are like the healthy carbohydrates um the next group of foods that we should stay away from is like your highly refined fats so that's your hydrogenated oils your partially hydrogenated oils um and this is what surprises people your vegetable oils like canola oil sunflower and safflower oil which are marketed as being super healthy but in reality, those are very disease-promoting oils. And then, I have a course, friend, um, Abel James. He's uh, uh, the fat-burning man. That's uh -huh. his website, his podcast. And he actually did a video where he's got like a 1985 BMW, and he, he says, you know, I use canola oil in my in my car and I would never put it in my body because of what it does to your body and I, it's yeah. just so fascinating because it's true it's so heavily marketed as being healthy for you but you think about the interest that these these food manufacturers have and it's it's padding their pockets you know so they want you to believe that it's it's healthy yeah and it's part of the food subsidy and it's also a highly genetically modified organism so we've got all sorts of problems with the vegetable oils and so then people are like oh that's all I have in my cupboard and you know and if they're reading the labels on the food they're eating that's that's what it's made out of so so now what, what do we eat and my philosophy is you don't take something away without replacing it with something even better because it just leaves a gaping hole and then people go back to their old ways I like again. it some people say you replace it with something but you say you replace it with something better <laughs> yeah exactly and so and so what do we replace all these disease promoting oils with well we you know what what are the healthy fats what are the healthy oils out there that are actually going to reduce inflammation and create a healthy environment in our bodies the best ones i've found are first of all the the oils that are found in whole foods so like nuts raw nuts and raw seeds and avocados and raw olives those are whole foods that have these healthy fats in them that your body can just use and do amazing things with you need fat and you know going on a no fat or low fat diet that's such a bad idea our brains are made of fat our cell walls are made of fat you know we need healthy fat in order for our body to function properly so when you just go on a no fat or low fat diet um, it doesn't really work to keep you healthy. So, so those whole foods with fats in them are great. If you want an isolated fat, extra virgin olive oil is amazing, and also coconut oil. Raw virgin coconut oil is my favorite fat um, because it's a great brain food. It's a medium tra chain triglycerides, so your body doesn't store it as fat. It burns it up as a carbohydrate, and it feeds your cells. It feeds your skin. It does all sorts of amazing stuff. I just went to the um, like the health food store the other day and bought my first container of coconut oil. Now, I just wanted to make sure I bought the right stuff because it's it's a solid, right? Uh huh. Oh yeah. It it um it's uh, melting point is I think seventy six degrees. So if it's below seventy six, it'll be solid. If it's above seventy six, it'll be liquid. Okay. 
So I did buy the right stuff. I was like, I thought it was oil, but why is it not oily? <laughs> yeah, just just warm it up a little bit, and it will be. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, so you the oh, go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say the next thing is the sugars. Um, so your white sugars like corn syrup, regular table sugar, um, and artificial sweeteners. You know, artificial sweeteners have been marketed as the healthy way to go. Or, you know, oh if you have gosh, diabetes yes. or if you want to lose weight, but really those are way worse for you than regular sugar. So if you're going to eat something bad for you, eat regular sugar, not the artificial sweeteners. Um, so, you know, and of course that's in all of your packaged products, all of your baked goods, everything. So what do you replace it with? Um, I, it depends on your health condition. So like the answer for that is different for somebody if they have cancer than if they're just a healthy person wanting to stay healthy. So the spectrum of healthy sweeteners you can use are like a raw local honey, which is very healing to your digestive tract and great for allergies. Um, maple syrup, which is very dense in minerals and nutrients. Um, stevia, which is an herb that's no calories, no glycemic index, but it tastes very, very sweet. That's a great option for people with diabetes, cancer, um, all those kinds of things where you need to avoid the carbohydrate load of sweeteners. And um, and fruits like dates and raisins and things like that are very high in natural sugars that can actually benefit your body instead of harming your body. So so that's, that's basically the sugars. And then we've got the other things that um, are very damaging to the body like chemicals, artificial sweeteners or artificial flavors, colorings, preservatives, MSG, that whole long you know <laughs> list of chemicals that is put into almost all of our food, flavor enhancers. Um, and then if you think about the pesticides and herbicides that are on most of our non-organic vegetables or plant matter, um, the toxic mercury that's in almost all of our fish. So all of those chemicals that have a serious biological effect on our cells and by getting those out of our diet and replacing them with um, other flavor enhancers like um, spices, herbs, vanilla, <laughs> essential oils, these kinds of things that can still bring out the pow, you know, make you, make you love what you're tasting and, and have just this amazing flavor but without all those chemicals and additives. So that's that's the basics of it, and if, as soon as I get done telling people about that, they start crying. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's I a little change. overwhelming. It's very overwhelming, yes. Well then, okay, let's move on to what you were talking about earlier with the 1% to wellness. Because the whole idea is we want to help people transition into a lifestyle of, of wellness, of healthy eating. Um, mm. But it's one step at a time. That's what I found is what's going to really help. It's what works and what sticks, right? So tell us more about that concept. Okay, so the 1% to wellness principle, it, it just helps you think about things a little differently. So I give you this speech about what to eat and what not to eat, and you're like, oh, crap, that's everything I own and everything I eat. And so instead of freaking out and thinking I have to change everything, I can't do it, I quit, um, what I tell people is, okay, let's think of it this way. If you had to make a 1% change in your behavior, could you do that easily? And they usually say yes. Like, you know, what's, what's 1% of your dietary decisions per day or per week? And that's not a big deal. And so usually if I say that, people are like, yeah, I could change 1%. And I say, okay, if you change 1% of your behavior per week, 
and that's it. You can kind of sneak all that change in the back door without sending up the psychological red alerts, you know, your body trying to maintain homeostasis. And you can sneak it in the back door and make those changes. And as long as they're sustainable, by the end of two years, that's 100% change. So, you know, 52 weeks in a year times two years, that's 100% change just by making little tiny sustainable changes. So this can be something as easy as... Um, I have an add, don't subtract principle that goes into this 1% to wellness. And so that means instead of thinking of all the things you have to take out of your diet, think of the awesome stuff you can put in. So when people are like, I can't do this, I'm like, okay, can you drink one green smoothie per day? Or can you eat one salad per day? Or can you add in like a raw dessert per day? <clears throat> and usually they're like, yeah, I can do that. That's no problem. And can you sustain that? Can you continue doing that for the rest of your life? Sure. And so I get them to do one little tiny thing that's a positive thing, adding something in. And then after a while, if you do that several times, you've added so much stuff in, something else has to go because you only have so much room in your stomach, in your refrigerator, in your cupboards, right? So if you're just making tiny little changes like that, you're, the negative behaviors are just going to kind of fall by the wayside without you having to try to say, I can't do that anymore. I've got to, you know, no more chips for me or no more chocolate for me. Um, instead of doing that and leaving this gaping hole, you're actually kind of crowding out the bad behaviors by implementing the good behaviors a little bit at a time. And, and uh, the other thing that's very important is pick the easy stuff first. So, for instance, my food nemesis, my food demon is cheese, right? <laughs> that's, 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 I'm addicted to cheese. And so when I was doing all these behavior changes, I knew I needed to get rid of cheese. I knew I felt like crap every time I ate it. I knew it gave me sinus infections. I knew it gave me stomach aches. And, uh, but I was hanging on to but it. you still did it anyway. Right? <laughs> I still did it anyway. And so I finally figured out, you know what, if I worked on all the easy stuff first, like for me, it wasn't hard to start drinking green smoothies or eating salads. I started doing all that. And then as my body felt better and better, like there was one day when I'm just like, oh, I don't really feel like eating cheese anymore. Mm. And I didn't have to try to stop eating cheese. I just didn't feel like it anymore because my body had gotten so healthy from doing all those other things I was adding in that it just recognized that, oh, that makes me feel gross and I don't want to do that anymore. So it was easy. Does that make sense? So like adding things in, doing it a little tiny step at a time, and then just letting the bad things go out the door without too much trauma and too much effort. Well, so do you ever have those days where you crave dairy or cheese again? Totally, totally. Actually, it was pretty funny. I was at um, the the school where I got my undergrad degree. I was teaching a class there, and I was teaching this whole classroom about here's what you can eat, here's what you can't eat, here's how it affects your biology, blah, blah, blah. and that class was not happy with me. They were so mad at me. And, and it was an all-day conference. So I, would, I had been there from 6 o'clock in the morning to like 8 o'clock at night. And I hadn't packed enough food. And I was starving. And they were serving pizza at the conference. And I was so hungry. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to eat a piece of pizza because I'm starving. And I'm going to be here for six more hours. So I had the piece of pizza in my mouth. <laughs> And two of the girls came from the class came up and they're like, oh, oh my god, really? And I thought they were gonna start chewing me out and being like, you are such a hypocrite. And um, and I was so I was waiting for the tongue lashing to come and they're like, oh my gosh, we can eat pizza. <laughs> 
No, <laughs> but sometimes you do. So, so yeah, there's, there's, you know, of course I'm human and there's times when I do a little bit of emotional eating or there's times when I'm traveling and I have to eat at a restaurant, but I focus on, you know, eating healthy most of the time. And then those times when I do cheat or have to eat something that's not the best choice, it's not such a big deal because 90 or 95% of my food choices are super healthy and I've built a super healthy body. Um, so we have a rule at our house where um, there's no unhealthy or naughty food in our house. And if we want, if we need unhealthy or naughty food, we need to go out of the house, travel somewhere to get it and eat it all up and then don't bring it in the house. And that just makes it so it's not accessible. You know, if you have to go to all that effort to get something naughty, it's not going to happen that often. So, yeah, so you yes. You really want it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, I like that because, well, and that's the thing is, for me, I have a sweet tooth, and um, the, the biggest challenge is finding foods that are healthy, that are going to satiate that sweet tooth, satisfy mm -hmm. that sweet tooth, um, that are healthy for me, right? So that's, you know, that's, I guess, I, I'll take what you suggested into uh, account and do everything else, and that might be my last step. <laughs> or, or here's a better idea. I have a whole recipe book that I wrote for people just like you that have <laughs> sweet tooth, and all of the recipes are made from raw foods and whole foods and super nutrient dense foods. And so, what they do is they make those, and then every time they have a craving for something sweet, I tell them, you know, make that raw cheesecake and stick it in the freezer. So next time you have an itching for something delicious, it's right there instantly. Make some raw chocolate that's totally delicious and sweet. Um, have that in your refrigerator all the time or make some ice cream. You know, if you love ice cream, make some raw ice cream that just tastes so amazing. Have it in your freezer and it's about having it right there right when you get the craving so you don't eat something else. And so I teach people in my classes, fill up your fridge and your freezer and your cupboards with all these yummy raw food and whole food treats. And every time you get that craving or that sweet tooth, don't say no, say yes. You just run to the freezer and say yes, and you just eat some cheesecake, eat some chocolate, eat some ice cream, but it's all nutrient-dense, so it's actually benefiting your body and benefiting your cells. So you don't have to stop it. You don't have to say no. You can always say yes. Oh, man. I think you have sold me. All right. <laughs> I'm saying that book. <laughs> it's, it's the Healthy Desserts a book in my Eating for Health series, so I'll, I'm going to email it to you, and you can try it out and tell me what you think. Oh my gosh, you will be my best friend for life now because I, <laughs> that is the one thing I just so, struggle with so much is that sweet tooth. It just does me in all the time. Oh, so. Don't say no to your sweet tooth. Say yes with all the right foods. I love it. I love that concept. Okay. Well, I, I'll have to let you know how it goes because when you were talking about that cheesecake, I literally was like, <laughs> I was elevating. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to have to give that one a try. All <laughs> so, right. Awesome. Okay, so you were talking. You great gave some great examples of taking things or you know, instead of taking things away, just replacing them with other things, right? Then you mm -hmm. mentioned briefly about inflammation, and I think we take it for granted. Like we know why inflammation is bad, but can mm -hmm. you tell the you know the listeners why um, it, it's not good to be in an inflammatory state? Well, your immune system is designed to protect you from all the bugs and invaders from outside. So um, outside of our body, we've got bacteria, viruses, pathogens, uh, um, fungus, uh, all sorts of things that can make us sick. 
okay? And so our immune system is set up so that when anything, it, it identifies things that are us and things that are not us. And anything, anytime something that's not part of us comes into our body environment, the immune system triggers this whole cascade of events to go and attack that thing and get it out of there, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the way our body keeps us healthy and safe and free from, you know, and saves us from dying from all these outside invaders. Um, and part of that is the inflammatory response. Part of that immune system response is inflammation. And it was designed to protect us from invaders, but the problem is, all this processed food we're eating, so the, the processed carbohydrates, the processed fats, the processed sugars, all of those are triggering our immune system and triggering our cells to think that it's being invaded by something bad. And so we've got this constant immune response happening everywhere in our blood vessels. Um, so heart disease is inflammation of the blood vessels and of the heart. Kidney disease is inflammation of the kidneys and the nephrons. Um, Alzheimer's disease and dementia is inflammation of, of different parts of the brain. And so inflammation really contributes to everything. Diabetes, is, it's so inflammation creates dysfunction of the organs and of the cells. And so by reducing the inflammatory response by reducing this hyperactive um, immune response that happens when we're eating wheat and dairy and all these processed foods. By mellowing that out, we're actually reducing our risk for all of these chronic illnesses, and that's arthritis, uh, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, um, dementia, ADHD, um, depression. Depression has a uh, lots of connections with inflammation and so when you can get that inflammation down by first of all not putting the inflammatory foods into your body and second of all eating lots of stuff that's anti-inflammatory so that's your antioxidants your omega-3 oils your greens your produce all of those things are super anti-inflammatory so you stop putting in the inflammatory stuff eat lots of anti-inflammatory stuff and then your system calms down and your immune system can start responding and normally, instead of this hyperimmune response, did did I explain that well? <laughs> I think you explained it explained it beautifully. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So you were talking about you know all the different conditions that you can heal when you um, take care of your inflammation. So can you give us an example of some of the patients that you've helped heal their bodies with food? Sure, I have had patients with. Um, well, myself, so let's talk about me. I had hypertension, high cholesterol, I was overweight, I had um, depression big time, anxiety, acne, um, uh, let's see, digestive dysfunction, immune dysfunction, so I'd get sick no matter what came around. And all of those things I turned around with food. Um, I was never able to concentrate. I, you know, all of these things just totally turned around with food. Um, there's studies right now showing that dark green leafy vegetables can actually um, reverse macular degeneration and prevent macular degeneration. So that's like your green foods. Um, so I've worked with lots of patients for all of those things as well as, um, you know, behavior issues, um, 
uh, and lots of digestive issues like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, um, all of those kinds of things. So the list really goes on and on and on. Basically, even cancers. I haven't worked with anybody personally with cancer, but I work closely with doctors that have helped people reverse their cancer um, with food-based interventions. So, like I said, the list is never-ending, but those are some good hot points. That's awesome. Well, okay, I'm interested in, because it, it makes sense, right, the high blood pressure, the cholesterol, the all of those, but tell me more about um, d your depression patients and your behavior patients, maybe ADHD, and your cancer patients, because those, I think people don't think, you know, food can do a, 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 can make a difference, so can you tell me maybe about one, a patient, one, one patient with each condition that you helped? Okay, sure, so let's see, um, Actually, my daughter is a great example. She has a lot of ADHD symptoms, and um, we've got her on a really strict diet. Like you know, and as long as she's eating healthy, she's fine. But as soon as I can always tell when she goes to school and they have a party or something at school, <laughs> she comes home and man, that kid is going berserk all over the place, and she's just moody and she's grumpy and she's violent and. <clears throat> she just doesn't do well. So I've seen it in my own family, but also they're finding the research is showing us that there's a a very strong um, gut and guts to brain. So your gut is basically your body's your second, second brain. brain. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they're so they're finding that that gut brain connection is very very strong. And so what they're finding is um, a lot of kids with ADHD and um, lots of behavior issues, depression, anxiety, those types of things. It's actually a gut, um, a, a gut response. And so what happens is your, your digestive tract and especially your intestines are made up of little cells that have your really tight junctions between the cells. So the cells are kind of glued together really tightly. And what that does is it keeps all that stuff in your digestive tract inside and keeps everything else outside. Well, what happens when you create an inflammatory response and when you're eating lots of foods that destroy the uh, friendly bacteria or the probiotics in your, in your intestines, you've got like 80% of your immune system right there around your intestines. And so when you start to damage that with inflammatory foods and high antigen foods, um, all of those good bacteria that is, that's your immune system, they'll start to die off. And those, those cell junctions that are supposed to be really tight together start to loosen up. And then the food and all the toxins inside of your intestines leak out and trigger that hyperimmune response. And, and so that really contributes to behavior leaky gut syndrome that they they're finding in lots of research that when you're tightening back up those cell junctions and healing the gut the behavior issues just kind of go away and also the food you eat produces your neurotransmitters so that's all of your neurotransmitters have to come from somewhere and they come from the food you eat so if you're eating junk food your nervous system is not going to be that strong. You're not going to be producing all the neurotransmitters you need to create a stable and happy mood. And so I find that just taking kids off of sugar and processed carbohydrates and all those unhealthy fats, getting them off of soda, just doing that and, and adding in all the healthy, high-nutrient-dense foods their body suddenly has the building blocks to create all those um, 
all those chemicals, all those brain chemicals that you need to stabilize your mute, all those neurotransmitters. So I've worked with lots of kids that, you know, stop putting in the stuff that's destroying their gut and, you know, stop giving them the stuff that's, you know, breaking their body down and then give them all the stuff that will build up healthy cells, healthy neurotransmitters and their behavior changes. It's pretty amazing. I, is that what you were asking? Hopefully that's what you are asking. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's totally what I was looking for because people just, they're doubtful, I think, that it's like, well, nutrition, yeah, 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 that's whatever, you know. They don't, they dismiss it as being so crucial to the, to our health, you know, for all aspects of our health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and with the cancer thing, what one thing that people don't understand is Cancer cells, their food is sugar, okay? Sugar feeds cancer. Fat and protein don't feed cancer. Sugar feeds cancer. So people that are trying to deal with cancer, whether, whether it's with chemo or radiation or surgery or whatever, what they don't understand is if they continue eating a high sugar diet, it's just going to keep feeding those cancer cells. We all have cancer cells going through our body all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but our immune system usually takes care of them and wipes out the cancer cells before they can attach and grow. Um, but if if you're feeding your if your if your body is weak, your immune system is weak, and then you're eating lots of sugary things, that's just feeding those cancer cells and increasing Absolutely. the risk of actually having them attach and start to grow and mutate. It makes sense. It really makes sense. And I think when you explain it in that way, um, it's easier to understand for patients, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, okay, can you tell us about then your 1% your to wellness? It's a great concept, right? But I'm sure you've had ch clients who've had challenges implementing <clears throat> that, you know? So how do you Absolutely. help them overcome those challenges? Well, um, so the first thing is they need the knowledge, right? They need the education and they need the empowerment. And so a lot of people, like, they've never eaten healthy food before. One of my daughter's friends came over to eat lunch with us one day, and we had cantaloupe and pears and, and potatoes and I forget what else we had, but she had never tasted pears before. She <laughs> never had cantaloupe. But she didn't even know what it was. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just basic stuff, and I think I can't remember what else we had. We had a couple of vegetables on the table, and she wouldn't touch it because she had never seen it before. It was so foreign to her. Um, so I think... I think exposure is really helpful, and that's why I teach lots of classes. I have my Cafe Janae classes. It exposes people to these new foods that they've never seen before. It exposes them to a new way of thinking. It exposes them to education, and then their brain starts to think in a new way. Their paradigm starts to shift a little bit. And then instead of being closed and scared of this new and foreign thing, they become more open to it, and they become a little bit more willing to try out new things. So, so the education is really important, um, but also the psychology of behavior change is a big factor in this. And, um, you know, we're all trained to just, well, most of us are trained, you know, you know, you eat what's in front of you. You eat it because that's what your family eats. That's what's there. That's because it's the occasion or whatever, you know, and people don't really stop to ask themselves, why am I eating this? Do I really like this? How does this make me feel? Do I have a choice to eat this or not? And, and they don't even think about that. So I, I encourage them to, to start, 
you know, looking at things with this consciousness versus conditioning paradigm. You know, am I, am I doing this behavior because I've been conditioned by my family and friends and school and community to do this? Or am I doing this because I'm making a conscious choice because I know this is the best thing for me? And, and when people start doing that, they start to change their own minds. I don't have to change their minds. So I say, you know, eat whatever you want. But before you stick it in your mouth, ask yourself, is this going to contribute to health or is it going to contribute to disease? And, you know, let's say you got a candy bar and if you're going to eat it, you're going to eat it fine, but think about it. Mm -hmm. And then say to yourself, be honest and say, okay, I'm eating this, but I know this is going to contribute to disease, but I choose to eat it anyway. And as you're like honest with yourself like that, you start to reprogram your brain to think about things in a new way and actually make conscious decisions. And as you get healthier, you know, healthy people do things that make them feel good and they stop doing things that make them feel bad. And we're so unhealthy, we don't even know what makes us feel good and bad anymore. So just being aware, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel bad, are, you know, make a conscious choice. And that totally helps. Um, also, you know, everybody's got all of their objectives. You know, I can't do this. Healthy food tastes bad. I don't want to be deprived, you know, and you, you talked about that with your sweet tooth. Um, my family's not going to support me. My friends aren't going to support me. I'm scared. You know, there's lots of objections. And what's important is just to start thinking about why you have those objections. And, and uh, I, I actually just, I just, finished making my website that helps people overcome all of those objections. Oh, you, you don't want to give up sweets? Cool, go to my dessert book. You can have all the sweets you want that are healthy for you. Um, you can't afford healthy food? Well, go to my book that shows you how to do healthy food on the cheap. Um, you know, whatever your objection is, I don't want to be hungry. Well, you know, I... I have a whole book that shows you how to eat salads that are so hearty you've got like a whole meal in a salad and you feel full and satisfied when you're done. So, you know, I have people come to me with objections like, I can't eat another salad again. I can't stand it. Um, so I gave them a recipe book with 50 different salads. Like, you will never have to eat the same salad twice. And, and they're hearty and they're filling and they're delicious. And so I think it's just about being honest about with yourself about, okay, what are my objections? What are these roadblocks that are stopping me? And just working on them one at a time. And I've had enough input over the years that um, I've got a lot of resources. So whatever people's objections are, I'm like, I've got, I've got help for you with that. So bring me your objections and I'll help you with solutions. Th uh, those are great. <laughs> um, you know, it's, Obviously, you've spent some time working with patients because mm -hmm. you've gotten all those bases covered. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about, um, okay, you talked about factors that influence um, our health, specifically nutrition, right? And also mm -hmm. the mind, because I, you know, I think that's so underrated. You know, I think that um, it really starts there. If you if you want to make a difference in your life, then you can start by <laughs> making the decision and conscious choice, right? Because mm -hmm. it's so empowering if you, like you said, you have that brownie in front of you and you choose not to eat it, right? Or you choose to eat it, but just to take a bite of it. That just that conscious choice makes a big difference and being aware of, of the choices that we're making every single day will help us move forward in our health goals. Um, mm -hmm. So um, besides the mind, right, and besides food, what are some other uh, factors that influence our health um, in, in our bodies? 
Well, there's, uh, I have five, I call them my five pillars of health, and these, uh, in the food, the eating, and the, the, it's my five E's, my five pillars of health, and the food or the eating, like, that's 80% of your success is based on the food, so that's, I kind of focus on that, but there's really four more things that will influence your biology and influence whether you're going to be healthy or not. The second thing is your emotions, your psychological health. Um, and your stress levels. So, so uh, there's lots of research out there that shows that high stress levels create a disease environment in your body. And so um, I teach people how to reduce their stress, how to manage their emotions, not manage them like stuff them away and don't think about it, but actually how to heal their emotions, heal themselves on an emotional, spiritual level. And... Um, and, and so stress management stuff would be like meditation and cognitive behavior therapy and and um, that kind of stuff. And then uh, there's something called meridian tapping or emotion, uh, EFT, and that really helps people to let go of all these emotions that are repressed and stuffed down inside and causing or contributing to disease. I read this cool article that talked about women with breast cancer and they all had a similar personality type, and they were all very high stress, <laughs> um, uh, sort of type A, but feeling repressed by men. And um, people with liver cancer, they had a high rate of being very angry people and having lots of angry emotions. And um, so, so really all these emotions, like different emotions affect different organs and different, uh, this is kind of going into Eastern medicine and Eastern philosophy. But, um, you know, different emotions affect different organs and different processes. And so um, I find that by healing your emotions and learning how to relax and learning how to do good stress management, um, that can really impact your health a lot. Um, the next one is exercise. And um, it's not just about exercising, but when and how you exercise and the opposite, the, the flip side of exercise, which is your sleep or your rest. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I teach people how to, to maximize their, their exercise uh, outcomes while minimizing all the time they have to put into it because, you know, everybody doesn't have five hours to spend at the gym every day. <laughs> and also how to maximize the, your, you know, your sleeping environments. So how to get the best kinds of sleep. So your, your body heals and regenerates at night while you're sleeping. So getting that good balance between exercise and sleep is important. And then number four is your environment. And, uh, there's so many environmental toxins around us in the air, in the water, in our food. Um, and not only that, but emotional toxins, you know, from the people we're working with, our families. And all of those environmental toxins um, do a lot of damage to our bodies and ourselves. So um, learning how to recognize and minimize all those environmental toxins that have an impact on your biology. And then number five is empowerment or education. Just you know, self-efficacy really helping helping patients feel like I can do this. You know, this is this is important. So the education piece, like, okay, now I know this is important and I know how to do it. And then the psychological boost, like, I can do this. I have the support, and I'm you know I have the tools I need, and now I can kind of be in control of my own health. I don't have to rely on pills or drugs or surgery or or other people to get me healthy, I am in control of my own health. And having that kind of empowerment 
is is amazing. And, and you know, and then in the in the empowerment portion, I teach people, you know, here's here's other ways to take care of your body. I'm I'm an herbalist, so I teach people how to use herbs to you know, to heal themselves, essential oils, um, and all sorts of different therapies to that empower them to take care of their bodies. So then when they start you know, feeling a sinus infection coming on. They don't freak out and go, oh, gosh, now i got to go to the doctor and get an antibiotic. They know, oh, I can go do a nasal lavage. I can do a neti pot. I can use eucalyptus oil. I can use these herbs. And they have a bunch of stuff in their little toolbox that they can use to keep themselves out of the doctor's office instead of waiting till it gets to that crisis point where you have to go in and, and rely on drugs and surgery and that kind of stuff. So there's my five pillars of health. <laughs> Well, let's go over them again because you said one was eating. Eating. I, I forgot two. And then it was emotions. The mm -hmm. emotions. So that's your stress level and your your psychological health. Number EFT. three is X. Yeah, oh. and EFT. Yeah. So so that's all under emotions. Oh, okay. So number one's eating. Number two is emotions, which encompasses all those things. Number three is exercise, which also includes your sleep, exercise, balance. Number four is your environment, and that's all your environmental toxins, physical and emotional. We've all been in emotionally toxic environments that are just as poisonous as mercury or air pollution, right? <laughs> and then number five is empowerment and education. Got it. Great. Well, Jeanette, you shared a lot of information today, and um, we're just about out of time, but why don't you tell people you know, what you're working on currently and what you know, how people can get a hold of you if they wanted to get more information from you. Great. Um, my website is www.cafejanae.com, C-A-F-E-J-A-N-A-E. And on my website, I've got all my recipe books that I've written, and each recipe book comes with a 90-minute class that tells you all about, you know, why you want to do everything in the recipe book. And it also comes with, like, little food demonstration clips. So if you open the recipe book and you're like, oh, I really want to make halva, that looks interesting, but I'm kind of scared to do it, you just go to the little clip and you watch me making it in front of you in five minutes and then you've got the confidence to try it out yourself. So we've got the recipe books, the classes, and also the video clip demonstrations. And I also have, it's called the Body Empowerment Training Series. And it's a series of podcasts where I'm teaching people the fundamentals or the basics of health. Kind of what we talked about today, but stretched out to like eight hours. <laughs> and... <laughs> So, um, so I've well, got that, and all that's on my, I think. <clears throat> exactly, and it's a life, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I'm still learning every single day. I've never stopped learning, so there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, so, and I just finished up creating my membership website, which gives people access to everything I've ever created, and it puts it into a 12-month learning plan so that you can do your 1% wellness so you're not just flooded with all this information that's you know gonna steamroll you over you just dripped it a little bit at a time and it helps you to be in a community of other people that are doing the same thing you can get a lot of feedback from other members of the class and then you've got all of this education to empower yourself for later so that will be launching soon I think I'm gonna launch that next month so I've got my regular website and then my membership website. And my email is janae at cafejanae.com. 
Wow, wonderful. You know, and you mentioned something about the membership site, and that's the support, which I think is key because, you know, when I was on my journey towards weight loss and healthy eating, having somebody there um, who was doing the same thing and supporting each other along the way, you know, was was essential for me. Um, and she was also my gym buddy. Like, I knew she was going to meet me there at 5 a.m. every day. So I knew I was going to get my butt there. So just yeah. the support is just so essential to, to success, you know. Exactly. We um, emphasize that enough. So Right. you got to have the accountability partner. That just makes it way more successful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time, Janae. I mean, I learned a lot from you. I took a ton of notes, and um, I really appreciate your time coming on the show. And, uh, you know, you take care, all right? All right. Thank you. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show. That was Dr. Janae DeVica from CafeJanae.com. All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at drann.com slash 018. And Ann is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. While you're there, remember to hop on the Food as Medicine VIP email list and you'll get my free gift, The Clean Eating Rules. It's everything that I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey and it is my number one guide for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get my favorite pearls from the show. And this show can be a little bit technical and detail-oriented when the guests share their protocols about what foods to eat, what foods to avoid, perhaps what supplements to include. So if you're anything like me, you're probably on the road um, listening to a podcast while you're doing the dishes or walking the dog, and you're really not in a position to be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared in this episode. So I've taken the notes for you, and by hopping on my email list, you'll get the show pearls delivered right to your inbox, and you can refer to them at any time. So go to drann.com and enter your name and email address. And finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information that I've learned, and other goodies. So go to drann.com and enter your name and email address. Did you like the episode? Then leave us a review and tell all your friends, because we need more people to hear the Food as Medicine message. We've got tons of great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by, and until next time, remember to eat consciously, because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you. This podcast is produced in whole or in part by Team Podcast.